Welcome back to the Joe Show here on the Dion Family Network, episode 33. Today we've got a very special guest. We've got my dad in the building, first guest on. How you doing? Good. Great to be here. You're you're ready for your podcast debut. You've you've seen you've seen us doing it for a couple months, and you're ready you're ready to join the party. That's right. Yep. Yeah, listened to a few episodes there, so kind of uh, geared myself up for uh, what I'm ready for today. Yeah, so we got you on uh, NFL Week 13. We'll start there, and then you are probably the biggest college football fan I know, so you're going to help me make sense of where we are in this really weird season. Yep, we can certainly do that. All right, so NFL, I set it up for Week 13, no Thursday night. Actually, let's quickly do, because we watched Baltimore-Pittsburgh on Wednesday. Robert Griffin III, we, we said he looked he looked different because we remembered him from his Washington days. Right. And then you made the discovery that it was literally just his face shield, that he right. used to wear a darker face shield. Couldn't see his face. Yeah. And then he was just, I mean, the fumble in the first quarter that just, you could see he's a backup quarterback. He's a tier two of Jackson for sure. And really that's what happened there is Pittsburgh didn't win, Baltimore lost. Is the way I look at it. Because that was a game that Pittsburgh should have lost. Yeah, and especially, I, I think I did it earlier this week when I did my last episode before the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game, and I, I was just kind of, I thought, if there's a trap game, and I think we lo- they talked about the schedule a lot because yep. Pittsburgh is 11-0 and now, 12-0? and uh, 11-0, yep. There's some trap games in there the rest of the year, but... It honestly, to me, it seems like if Pittsburgh's going to lose, it's not because of the teams they're playing. It's because no. they have an off day. Exactly. Yeah. And a team takes advantage of that. Right. With COVID coming into play as well. Yeah, that's that. all. That's been an impact. Because I remember when it started with Baltimore before the Thanksgiving Day game, it people were like, "Oh, they should forfeit. This isn't fair. Why is right. the league?" And I don't think the league has done a great job because it just kind of seems like a case by case basis. They kind of say, oh, "Okay." Tennessee will move games back. Baltimore will move games back. But I don't know, Denver, your quarterbacks weren't wearing masks, so you guys just have to play? The NFL just wants to finish this season. There, There's no doubt in my mind that that's all they want to do is make sure they get through it one way or another. And it doesn't seem like – I don't know. I, to, I think it makes sense to everyone that you just – if you add an extra bye week, which they're going to do I think next year, they're going to move to teams playing 17 games. Why not just add an extra week and move the Super Bowl back a week? Right, and I, I don't like the two weeks in between the conference championship games and the Super Bowl anyway, kind of. Well, no, because you throw the Pro Bowl in there, which isn't happening this year. Right. So, so why? we're just going to have nothing in between? Yeah, it's it, there's no need to have a build-up. Let's play the Super Bowl and let's get on with it. Like, you can have a week for that media day, or media week, whatever, but it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Right. Um. I mean, we did get to see that. That's the thing about, for me, being like a half college football fan. Like, I see Trace McSorley come in, and I was like, "Oh yeah, he was the Penn State quarterback when, like, they actually had a chance at making a college football playoff." Right. It just goes to show you the different level of uh, of expertise, I guess you could say, for quarterbacks. Like, you might be great in college, and same with Griffin, right? Oh, he was incredible. But you put him in pro, and all of a sudden, he's mediocre at best. Well, because that's what... And you could see it happen. Robert Griffin III, even his first year, he looked incredible. And then he had that knee injury against Seattle in a playoff game. And just from there, it was never really the same. That was like Cam. Cam Newton's first year, he was incredible. One of the best rookie seasons ever. Yep. But now he's a starter for New England, and I think everyone kind of assumes he's not really going to be their starter next year. Right, exactly. Um, All right, so let's... I did least least exciting game to most exciting game is okay. how i kind of so the first one up this game should have been a lot a lot better cincinnati at miami miami i don't know if you have i had a, a let, uh, miami minus 11 and a half yep so cincinnati their season's over they're gonna wait to next year and honestly joe burrow we might not even see him next year no exactly because he yeah. tore his acl pretty late into the year and they said other structural damage in his knee right and this is this was supposed to be Burrow versus Tua, which we got to see in college, and we'll talk about because LSU Alabama's this week. Right now, it's Fitzpatrick versus Ryan Finley. It's yeah. a matchup of Ryan Ryan F. Yeah, it, it definitely. Uh, 
I'm glad you brought this one up first because it is the least interesting game of the week for sure. Because it was supposed to be fun, it, even because Miami's in playoff contention. They're there. There's oh, a few. Sure. There's a few teams, but yeah, Cincinnati. They're what two, eight, and one, something like that. That's right. They have that tie against Philadelphia, which you know my hatred of ties. Yes. Um, I don't know. In this one. I, I would take Miami to win, but I don't know if I trust them to cover that. But Cincinnati played well. I mean, I know it was the Giants and Daniel Jones got hurt, but that's a pretty big spread for a Miami team that hasn't really been that consistent. Right. And just for your info, Cincinnati is 7-3 and three against the spread in their last 10 games. Wow. And I knew that was the beginning of the year with Burrow. They He kind of always kept them in games, but the team isn't really that bad. If they build an offensive line for Burrow, which I assume they're going to get a top five-ish pick wherever in there, and that you got to draft an offensive lineman for Burrow. Right, and just a side note, Miami is 8-3 and three against the spread, so not a real good okay. game to pick. No, but I feel like the, it was just because the number is a little too big for me. Right. I don't... I, I trust Fitzpatrick to win these games, but right. is he really going to blow out Cincinnati? Right. And again, looking last week against the Jets, it was actually a pretty close game, right? Low scoring, and that's kind of the and way it, they and play. And it was defensive. That's how yes. Miami scored. My, I think Miami had a defensive touchdown. They usually do. And yeah, that was like the Rams game, which is why it's so confusing, especially the Rams. They're a lot later in this. They're in a pretty entertaining game this week, but... These teams are so unpredictable, especially this, obviously, this weird year is what you can chalk it up to, but sure. it's just, you see teams playing, you're like, wait, really? Like, the Rams didn't just kill the Giants? Like, the Rams are such a fascinating team to me. So, yes, yeah, Cincinnati, Miami, if it's on the TV, I'll watch it for a couple minutes, but it's not really. It's, and it's not on TV, but yeah, I, I would kind of lead towards Cincinnati in a low, could be one of those 6-3 games. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next up. Uh, Jacksonville at Minnesota, who, like, Jacksonville, we have to deal with Jake Luton. I don't know. I've heard a few nicknames. There was Jake Luton Free and uh, Vladimir Luton. That was, that's about as fun as Jacksonville is. Yeah, pretty much. They already fired their GM. Yeah. Right. So they're already looking for, I would say, the number one pick for next year. Uh, obviously, they got to battle the Jets for that one, but we'll see. Uh, so, yeah, Minnesota minus 10. Minnesota, again, they're in playoff contention. They had that really good that game against Carolina last week was amazing. Because I love, I, I've said it all year, my two favorite teams to watch are Carolina and the Chargers. Right. But Carolina's just always in these games. And they just lost in the most heartbreaking fashion. Like, Chad Beebe catches a touchdown after he muffed a punt and almost cost them the game. Right, right. Minnesota minus 10, again, I just... I can I can't put my faith in Kirk Cousins like that. Minnesota, if they had a different quarterback, even a slightly above Kirk Cousins, I would feel so much better about this Vikings team, especially where we feel like they're about to go on a playoff run. Right, and here's some stats for you: Jacksonville zero and five on the road. Minnesota's only two and four at home. So again, not a real warm fuzzy feeling for either one of these teams. Uh, the only other stat I can give you here is Minnesota's nine and four under. In their last 13 games in December. Wow. That is... I like that. And also, Dalvin Cook got banged up last week. He's really... Him and Justin Jefferson are the reason why that offense runs at right. all. I totally agree with you. So, yeah. I would, I'd go Minnesota to win. But I I, keep, I see Jacksonville keeping this close. I don't really right. see Minnesota blowing them out. Yep. Uh, next up, a game that should have been way better. And I think this is where we get to... We get because we've ranted to each other about this. Philadelphia at Green Bay, Green Bay minus 10. Philadelphia is just they are a dumpster fire, and it's so embarrassing that they're not winning this division. They're so embarrassed that their owner is leaving practice early and not going to some games. So that goes to show you what kind of state they're in right now. I just I, I said this to you, I feel like I've, I've said it recording before, but. Carson Wentz is just not not the answer. Not that all the blame should go to him because I saw that the last two Philadelphia wide receivers they drafted, Jalen Raker and J.J. Uh, oh, what's that? Arcega Whiteside, something like that. Right. They drafted them. They drafted Raker over Justin Jefferson, and they drafted J.J. over D.K. Metcalf, who had a ridiculous game against the Eagles. Right. So not completely Wentz's fault, but he just he holds on to the ball too long and takes way too many sacks and so many just uh, bad throws. So you're saying throw in the backup? 
Yes, I, we, we have definitely talked about this. Thank you for the setup. Jalen Hurts, he at least gives you another dimension to this offense where he can move around. Like, you give him an offense, especially in college, he just kind of – he spread it out and got to – he just kind of – he held the ball – like, those Alabama offensive lines are usually really good. They're usually five-star recruits and first-round picks, so it's not the same as what the Eagles have, but just – you at least need someone that's going to move around. Right, but remember, he also did that with Oklahoma as well, too. So he did leave Alabama and was pretty successful there as well. Yeah, so I, I agree with you. It's just it, it's just not working. And we saw before, Carson Wentz in, I think it was 2016 when they made the Super Bowl, he was an MVP candidate, and he tore his ACL. And then Nick Foles stepped in, and we've seen what Nick Foles has done since, and led them to a Super Bowl. Right. So, I mean, Green Bay, again, Minus ten, it's it's a little heavy. I I actually think I would lean towards Green Bay covering this. Uh, we've got against the spread, Green Bay seven and four. They're four and one at home. Philly is four and seven against the spread, and on the road they're one and four. So yeah, I I agree with you on that one. I would lean towards Green Bay in a kind of similar matchup that they just had last Sunday night against the Bears. Similar scores. Uh, and I I fully admit it. I didn't watch that game. I checked in at the two minute warning of the second quarter, and it was twenty seven to three. It. Yeah, game's over already by then. Uh, next up, Vegas. Facing the New York Jets, visiting the Jets. They're minus nine and a half. The Jets are the worst team in football. And honestly, I never really give them too much time to talk about any anything about the Jets. No, nothing other than they're playing the Raiders. <laughs> John, this team this team is fun. Like Derek Carr is I remember a few again, it was a few years ago for him where he was an MVP candidate. He got hurt and they had that because there's always that early Saturday game, and it's always on ABC now, and it's the worst AFC like wild card matchup. Right. Obviously, now we're going to get a few more matchups, but and I, I like Vegas. Nine and a half to me isn't isn't too steep, but I mean the Jets, they're just they're weird. Sam Darnold is interesting, but I don't know if he's enough to keep them in this game. Right. So I would say the Jets. We've talked about when are they going to win their game? I think they're going to be similar to the Lions. They're going to lose all sixteen. And for the Raiders, I think they already had their let letdown game last week against the Falcons. So I think they bounce back. But and that's that's why I got I got sucked in with the Raiders in that Chiefs game, and they looked so good, and it was really one blown coverage that cost them that Chiefs game, and they just. They were not existent against the Falcons, right? So I, I definitely, I, I'm going to agree with you. I think this is definitely a bounce back spot, and the Jets are they're just horrible. Uh, next up, New England visiting the LA Chargers. New England minus one on the road. This is a this is a fun matchup. I, I, I now that I look at it, it's a little lower than I think it should have been, but I think it's just because. The Chargers aren't in contention. The Patriots are hanging on by a thread, but we can never count them out just because they're the Patriots. Right, agree. Uh, minus one. I don't. I don't know. Herbert. Herbert versus Cam. I. I like Herbert. Is. I was never really that impressed with him at Oregon, just right. because of their offense. Just kind of always ran that way. It just yeah. always felt like that after Chip Kelly, but. I, he is so. I mean, obviously the Chargers have great weapons, but I think Herbert's really talented quarterback for sure. Yeah, like I think we both agree the Chargers should be better than three and eight. We've I've heard that numerous times from different people saying the same thing. But they're uh, just like the heartbreaking team this year. Like for they sure. just they can never. Obviously, that that I don't know if I talked about the Bills sequence at the end of the game. Did you did you watch that game? Bills last week with the Chargers yep. and. They complete that Hail Mary, ridiculous play where right. Herbert throws it pretty much half the field. Yep. And they go up and they run the ball. They don't spike it. Terrible game management there. I think next year, I can't imagine we see Anthony Lynn coaching the Chargers. He, I think he's a great motivator, but just at the end of games, and he just, he, he, they fall apart. That Broncos game, they had the Broncos game at the end, and I can't remember who they lost to at the very end when they had the ball. And you thought the guy caught it, and he was he fumbled the ball going down. But right. this isn't on the team. If you're 
in those games and you keep losing, that right. can't be on the that can't just be on the players. Right, right. Even though you got a rookie quarterback there, they could easily be seven and four right now. Right, right in the thick of the playoff race. Agreed. So, um, so who are you thinking in this one? I'm taking Chargers. I just think that uh, New England had their game that they shouldn't have won last week against Arizona. So I'm just kind of leaning towards the Chargers because I don't think they're as bad as their record's showing, and I don't think New England's as good as the record is showing. I feel like this one more New England loss and we can kind of we can push them to the wayside. I don't really think they're even playoff contenders. They won that horrible game against Baltimore in the middle of a rainstorm. They just right. kind of the weather, the Bill Belichick is he is a wizard. He he pulls out the weather when he needs it. They right. did to give them credit though. They did shut down Kyler. Like they did a good job of containing that offense yep. to Agreed. 17 points. Uh, just to give you some stats on that, New England's five and six against the spread, and the Chargers also five and six against the spread. They're two and three at home, while New England is one and four on the road. All right, I, uh, I like these. Uh, Detroit at Chicago, Chicago minus three. The Bears. I guess we say they're in playoff contention. If we're saying the Bears are in playoff contention, that I'm saying the Lions are too, because they're separated. I think by a game or two. Yep. Lions are four and seven. The Bears are five and six. However, the Bears were five and one. Um, yeah, that was that was the team that we just kind of. I every week I kept saying no. The Bears, the Bears aren't real. And I I like that this year I started doing power rankings each week to say see where they are. I had Chicago this week at twenty five. I just I don't I don't see why I'm supposed to believe in them. They have a good right. defense, but yep. Whether it's Foles or Trubisky, I just don't trust either of them. And Mac uh, didn't practice, I think, yesterday. So just to kind of go on your defense there, which would be a little bit worse than yeah, then an, if and, he's not in the lineup. I mean, Detroit, they had that really, really rough game against Houston on Thanksgiving. I just, I don't know. I, I just would rather put, especially that I'm getting the underdog, I'd rather just take the better quarterback and the better offense. Right. So you got uh, Detroit's four and seven against the spread. Chicago five and six. Chicago's two and three at home, and Detroit is five hundred on the road. That sounds about right. I'm 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 leaning Detroit here, especially especially plus points. But you think in the same way? Yeah, I am too. Yeah, we haven't disagreed yet, but maybe that's coming. Yep. Uh, all right. Next up, New Orleans visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Saints minus three. Already played earlier this year, and the Saints really, even with Taysom Hill, they really dominated the Falcons. All right, what do you what are you thinking on this one? Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards the Falcons on this one, just because I think New Orleans is due for a letdown game. It's one of those trap games. That is, yeah. Uh, the Falcons are they're out of contention. The Saints, I think, are the number one seed in the NFC right now. Yep. I I do get it. The Falcons. Taking the Falcons is at least fun because you're going with the underdog. And I think the Saints, I feel like the Saints and the Packers fall into this category where no one really trusts them, even though they're a higher seed. Well, look who they played last week. Yeah, Denver without a quarterback. Exactly. Right. But also, I mean, Taysom Hill also hasn't thrown a touchdown since 2016 when he was in college. True. So they did play Atlanta two weeks ago. And one, and they did beat a decimated San Francisco team the week before that. So I don't know. To me, they just the the last three games all wins for New Orleans, but they've kind of played some crippled teams, I guess you could say. Yeah, I I do. In my head, I just I always like to split things. I think I would pick the Saints to win, but the Falcons to cover. I think they can keep it close, but I also think that Saints defense is a lot more talented than we're giving them credit for. I know the Falcons are your your team, but I'm kind of riding them. I I thought they did pretty well against the Raiders last week. Oh, they absolutely. Well, and that's the thing. They're my team, and I also bet against them. I picked the Raiders, and I tied them to pretty much everything because I fell into that, oh, well, the Raiders just lost to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are the first or second best team in the league. And I'm... I remember saying that, and I thought back, and I was like, oh, I really, I really just felt, I fell for just being a like prisoner in the moment." Right. Yeah, I'm just kind of leaning towards the Falcons just because of momentum. They've been playing much better lately. They should have beat the Cowboys in Week One, so that easily puts them at five and six. They're they're pretty much in every game. 
Yeah, that right? is. They, they uh, don't that's, get blown out very often, right? No, their they offense lost, keeps them in The games. Bears, that was another loss, right? They lost the last second or whatever. They, yeah. It's been two or three games. So, again, they're kind of like the Chargers, except they already got rid, rid of their coaching staff. Yeah, I was going to say, after after firing Dan Quinn, there's always it always happens that a team fires their coach, and then they kind of get remotivated and For reinvigorated. For whatever reason. doesn't matter who the person is, but I agree. Well, that was like Houston. Houston, actually... That's a good segue. In Indianapolis is uh, visiting Houston. Indy's favored by three and a half on the road. Houston fired Bill O'Brien. Yep. They hired Romeo Cornell, who is uh, just traditionally a not so great head coach. He was right. a head coach with the Chiefs, but he showed up in the first week, and I just thought, oh, Romeo Cornell. He's the oldest NFL coach now. He's he's not going to do anything, and he the Texans won whichever game that was. But right. now. Indianapolis coming into Houston. Houston's coming off a big win against a Detroit team. Uh, who did Indy? Oh, indeed, lost to Tennessee last week. Smoked. And not even not even close. AJ Brown caught an onside kick and ran it back for a touchdown. Right. That was just that was that was a bad game for the Colts. What a what are you feeling here? Uh, just based on the quarterback matchup, I would totally go with Houston here. I know Indianapolis has a better defense. Uh, but again, Philip Rivers points. No, I'm kind of leaning towards Houston here again, just based on momentum and change of scenery for coachings. Yeah, I mean Philip Rivers. I think you know my disdain from for him, yep. especially after Week One against Jacksonville, which is now might be the Jaguars' only win of the year. Uh, just to give you a, a stat here, head to head, road team is nine two and two against the spread in the last thirteen meetings. The road team is road team. Okay, nope. these are all right. I'm I'm getting a lot of insight. I, I like this. I definitely I have to agree that this feels like a game where if the Colts go up early, then Philip Rivers is going to look a lot better. But if Houston even gets the ball first and puts Rivers down early, he really might fall apart. Right. And I mean, Houston's not in playoff contention. They're kind nope. of they need a number one wide receiver just kind of to start to give Watson at least some weapon that's capable. Agree. And I mean, yeah, the Colts are they feel like they're on their way to the playoffs unless they really fall apart and collapse. Yep. Uh, speaking of that Colts game last week, Tennessee is hosting Cleveland. Cleveland minus or uh, Tennessee minus six. Cleveland. They haven't been in high-scoring games. They're eight and three, and I just, I, I really can't. I, I can. They're a playoff team. I don't. I can't deny that. But I just think of them, wild card weekend, and they have to go to Kansas City or Tennessee or Buffalo, and I just, I can't see them beating those teams. I think we talked about Buffalo, Cleveland would be a great playoff game for sure. But I just I can't see them beating any of those teams. I I so they have they're one of the only two teams that have a winning record and have negative point differential. Right. Because they're in these games that are like six three and ten seven. Yep. Uh, and just to go your for and against, there Cleveland is twenty four four and twenty six against on the season. Tennessee is twenty nine point five four and twenty five point nine against. Oh, these. Even Tennessee, I just and until last week I didn't see it, and then I just kind of like I just kind of realized obviously this team is going to go as far as Derrick Henry is taking them. Agreed. Yeah. Not that I mean AJ Brown, I think is a really good wide receiver, especially they kind of get him in space, and he he seems to rattle off 20, 30 yard runs anytime he gets the ball. Right. Uh, I don't know. Both of these teams, they're good. What? Where's Where's your head at? Well, I just was kind of shocked when I looked at the overall stats that Cleveland is 8-3 and three, as well as Tennessee. I'm just kind of leaning towards Tennessee just for the confidence factor. But the thing is um, that kind of surprised me about Tennessee is I always consider them a run-first team. And if they fall behind, they have trouble catching up. But they have proven me wrong this year where they have fallen behind and have come back from behind. So I'm kind of leaning towards Tennessee just because they're at home. And I just don't trust Cleveland. No, especially if Cleveland falls behind. If if Cleveland's ahead, full confidence in the world. You give the ball to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and they're right. going to kill the clock. Right. If Tennessee falls behind, Tannehill, I think. I don't want to. I think he's a top ten quarterback. 
he's I think proving he's, that. Yeah, he's more more than uh, just a, a game manager. No, he friend. can he can really and Derrick Henry is an effective pass catcher out of the backfield. Right. I mean, anytime you give that guy the ball, it's a Mack truck that who who in the, I don't think there's really anybody in the league open field that you go, Oh yeah, he's gonna tackle Derrick Henry. Right. He's yeah. a physical specimen. He looks like LeBron James on the football field. I agreed, yep. So I think I, I I like Tennessee, but I think I would go with Cleveland to cover. I just I okay. think this is a close game. Uh, absolutely it is. Yep. Uh, I put this game higher because, and I, I kind of regret it now, but the New York Giants are visiting Seattle. Seattle is minus 10.5. No Daniel Jones for the Giants, okay, it looks I was like. I going to ask you an, an update on him, so he's out for sure. Uh, I didn't see out for sure, just okay. doubtful, and it's a hamstring. And Daniel Jones, I think we've seen it all year, he's a very talented runner, and that's how he's... That's how he's left. That's how he's kind of created this multi-dimensional offense. Right, and is this a, a battle of division leaders? Are we calling that this game? That's <laughs> yes. actually, I think maybe that's why I put it higher. But yeah. that is, it's two division leaders. Uh, I, I swear, if we have to see Colt McCoy start a playoff game, um, I mean, if they play the Bucks in the first round, at least we know the Giants and Bucks already played this year, and it was actually right. a pretty entertaining Monday that's night true. game. Yep, but. I don't know. What do you what are you thinking for this one, especially no Daniel Jones? Well the Giants are four and seven, Seattle eight and three, and then against the spread, uh, Seattle six and five and the Giants are seven and four. Seattle five and zero oh at home with no fans. Um while the Giants are two and four on the road. Uh even with Jones in the if he was in the lineup, I would be all over Seattle in this one. Yeah, I, I mean, all year before the year, I think honestly every year I pick Russell Wilson M- win MVP, and I was really excited about that until that Arizona game, and then it kind of, it kind of deflated that. But now I think they don't really have the distraction of that because I think we can. I don't know if you agree with this, but Mahomes kind of seems like he's ran away with the MVP. Yeah, no, totally agree. Yeah, and I mean, I'm. I completely agree with this one. The Giants have kept games close, and I can't. When you said that, and it's just that they're the division leader at four and seven. That's just that's horrible. Yeah. But yeah, Seattle. Um, I'm kind of. I don't want to say all in ten and a half might be a little high, but I mean it's Colt McCoy. It's the, it's Colt McCoy, and it's not the like mid two thousands at Texas. Right. All right. I have to say because I said I I set it up where just all the like Sunday night, Monday games are just kind of in order. But I think this has got to be the best game of the week. The LA Rams visiting the Arizona Cardinals, the Rams minus three, this division, I've said it all year, but this division is just fascinating every week. Absolutely. Like their losses are coming within the division for the most part, right? They're winning their, most of the, most of their road games, unfortunately, uh, Arizona came up short last week where they missed their field goal with basically no time left on the clock, but enough for, New England to come back and win that one, but uh, road teams are eight two and one against the spread, and their last eleven meetings head to head for a little divot for you. I I have to say I just I I fell into this trance where I just thought, oh yeah, Jared Goff is like a top tier quarterback, and then he had that game, and I just thought, ah, he just got outdueled by Nick Mullins, and and the 49ers are a good team. And it's, it's almost more embarrassing that the Rams lost that because San Francisco is missing everybody, especially on their defense. Yep. Both of these teams are coming off disappointing losses, so they're both going to be motivated. And they play, I think, they haven't played yet this year. So this is, I think they play this week and in a couple weeks from now. So these teams are going to get well equated. Where, what are you thinking? Uh, I'm kind of leaning towards Arizona. Um, just because I really like their run defense. So it's going to force what you just said, the quarterback to throw the ball, and I'm a lot more comfortable with Arizona's quarterback with his feet than I am with the Rams' quarterback with his feet. Yeah, that's I, – especially once you just – it's good this year where you just look at these games and go, okay, you don't really have to think about who's at home. No one, No one's going to have home field advantage. They're not going to have the crowd noise. Like you said, Seattle's undefeated. They're usually undefeated at home, but it's usually because of the twelfth man and the, right. the noise. I'm, I have to agree. <clears throat> I think the Rams' defense is really good, but I think Arizona, especially with that dimension of Kyler running, I think they're going to keep the ball. I I can't imagine them going up the middle against Aaron Donald. That they're going to keep the ball on the out like outside the numbers, right? And 
I think, I mean, we're going to get a great DeAndre Hopkins versus Jalen Ramsey matchup. Yep. But yeah, I think Arizona, I think they're both, do they both have the same record? No, Rams are seven and four and Arizona six and five. See, Arizona, just every week I think about them, I think they're doing better than they actually are. Right. Just because of how dynamic and fun their offense is. Yep, I agree. I think they could easily be at this point like nine and two or seven and three or seven and four. But yeah. Yeah, and it's a it's a to me it's a bigger game for Arizona. They're six and five. They got to stay in the playoff hunt. They they really need to win this game, and they're at home. What that accounts for is and you and you get a home underdog. I I I have to I'd have to agree with that one. We did have one disagree. The Cleveland Tennessee one. That's true. Uh, Sunday night Denver at Kansas City. Denver getting their quarterbacks back. Doesn't matter. Kansas City's favored by fourteen and a half and. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like it matters. I before the year was so in on Denver, and I just thought Drew Locke would take this team to another level, and he's just been really disappointing. Yeah, agree. Just to give you a little bit of info on there, Kansas City six and five against the spread. Denver surprisingly also six and five against the spread. Kansas City's four and one at home, uh, while Denver is two and three on the road. With Kansas City, I just. I felt this way always when the Saints get big spreads or the Patriots got big spreads. These great teams win, they don't usually cover. Right. That's not really, obviously, that's not their priority of, hey, guys, let's go score another touchdown so we can cover for everybody. That's not where they're just, let's just win this game. Right. Two touchdowns, I think, it, I think is a little high, but I don't know. Am I am I giving too much credit to Denver? Is Kansas City really just going to blow them out? One stat that sticks out that it me. Head to head, Denver is one in nine in their last against the spread ten meetings with Kansas City. Oh, and this is you go back ten meetings, so that's pre Mahomes. So we're going back to the Alex Smith era for sure. Okay, so, so, Mr. So. Management still covering. <laughs> uh, all right, Monday Monday afternoon, I guess. Yep, Washington visiting Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favored by nine and a half. Is this a trap game? Could be. Is Pittsburgh looking ahead to Buffalo, who they play next week? They play next this Sunday night. could be the one. And, of course, Pittsburgh coming off short rest and a game that they really didn't look all that good. But, again, I don't like Pittsburgh to begin with, but they are 11-0. and I was going to say, you have to give them credit as an undefeated team, but also... I don't even like to say, because people have used the argument, oh, they have such an easy schedule. Well, they, this isn't college football. They're not picking their schedule. They're right. just playing who they play. Yep. I definitely think Washington, especially their defensive line, could give Ben Roethlisberger some problems. Because right. he, I mean, they showed old clips of him where he was moving around in the pocket. He does not do that anymore. He's Tom Brady part two. He stays in the pocket and he'll sling it with his arm if he's getting hauled down by two defensive linemen. But yeah, totally agree. Just to give you some stats there, Pittsburgh eight and three against the spread. They're six and zero at home. Washington six and five against the spread, but they're one and four on the road. I, I think in my head I would just go. I'll take Pittsburgh to win. I think. They are a talented team, and you have to give them credit as an undefeated team. I think I'd take Washington to cover. I think nine and a half is like way too much. I think it was if it was seven, I would still take Washington to keep it close. Alex Smith will keep them in this game. I agree. Yeah, and again, believe it or not, Washington is battling for the NFC least division. The, and the only reason they aren't in the lead because they are tied with the Giants, but they've lost the lost twice to the Giants. So right. the Giants lose to Seattle Sunday. Washington could be in position to take the lead in the division. Yep. Uh, all right. Finally, Monday night, Buffalo in, well, in Arizona playing San Francisco. Yeah, it's COVID-19 times. Um. I mean, I guess it San Francisco, Arizona, I just thought there would be somewhere closer they could play. Yeah, or like I was saying, well, why could you not play in the other person's stadium, but whatever. Yeah, because I guess it's not the home field. I think the only thing for this one is if you're going to Buffalo for San Francisco, they have to travel across the country. Right, fair enough. Uh, Buffalo favored by one and a half Monday night. What are what are you thinking for this one? Okay, just to give you some stats here to start off, Buffalo eight and three in the season. They lead the division for the first time since I was probably twenty years old. <laughs> and San Francisco five and six. Believe it or not, this team is San Francisco Forty Nine er practice squad is five and six. 
They're, they're really they they're lingering. Still in there. Got to give him coach of the year. I don't know. I, I don't care at this point. Uh, one other stat: San Francisco is twenty-seven and eight against the spread in their last thirty-five Monday night games, which is pretty impressive. Again, now you're going back to the Joe Montana, Jerry Rice times, but uh, and then just. Uh, Against the spread, Buffalo six and five, or San Fran is five and six. Uh, San Francisco at home one and four, although they're not playing at home. And Buffalo is three and two on the road. So just looking at those stats there, I'm kind of leaning towards Buffalo, even though we're going to call this, I guess, a neutral site game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Buffalo here. I I have to agree. I think Buffalo, especially Josh Allen. <laughs> Josh Allen getting Stephon Diggs, his number one wide receiver, I think has made all the difference in the world. Because yep. it's made Cole Beasley better. It's made John Brown better. They're tight ends. Even the running game isn't great, but they no. at least have two guys you can put out there, and they're at least a threat at some level. Yeah, they're definitely a pass-first team, and I think Allen's really kind of coming to his own. He's seen his stats kind of improve the last three seasons. So, yeah, I, again, I'm just kind of leaning towards Buffalo here just because – Again, San Fran's done everything they could with a practice squad, but I, I really think Buffalo is the better team here. I think San Francisco, their comparison is last year's Miami team, where it doesn't, well, especially Miami just wasn't supposed to be good, and everyone thought they were going to tank for the number one pick, and they played way above expectations. And I right. think the only reason San Francisco has is because they've kind of lost everyone. Right. Agreed. All right. That's week 13. Let's, let's talk some college football, because... Okay. I have, I think the top, when I looked at it, the top 12 teams to me are at least relevant at some level. Then you have the BYU at 13, they're 9-0, and Coastal Carolina at 18, they're 9-0, and and Marshall at 21, they're 7-0, and they're undefeated, but they're not really going to make an impact on this year. Right, like I got seven teams for you, I'll just rhyme them off for you so we can talk about them at some point, mm -hmm. but really there's only seven teams to go. We got Alabama, Notre Dame, Clemson. Ohio State, Texas A&M, Florida, and Cincinnati are my seven teams that are going to be in that four-team playoff mix. That are going to be in the race. So Georgia six yep. and two. That second loss is yeah. They they yeah they won't be there. Iowa State. Iowa State seven and two. Yep. Wow. And then Miami seven and one. Just not. Especially if is Clemson and I feel like I and it's not they're great. The ACC. They're but the same as Miami or Clemson. And then Oklahoma, I think I just wanted to put Oklahoma there because it's impressive. They started off one and two, now right. they're six and two. Yep. But they're again, they're not really in this race. Right. So um, I guess we start at the top. Bama's eight and zero, oh, and it really not that it doesn't make sense because I know Nick Saban's a great coach and they always kind of get it done. But Mac Jones is really leading this team. Like yep. he's really the he's leading them to the number one team in the country. I. Uh, actually always thought he was more of a like a game manager mm -hmm. but yeah he's shown that yeah he is above that and uh with alabama's defense to be they are the team to beat again this year i didn't think they would be because I, I i don't know i just didn't i thought you know it's time for somebody else but the games that i've seen them play like uh last week they knocked out uh, i forget who they played but it was 63 to 3 like it was like a lot of their games are not even close Okay, because I feel like every year it's, they just, and I think it's just so impressive that the last, maybe just under a decade, they kind of just keep rolling guys in and out, and yep. especially look at, if they had, if you just looked at the NFL players they have at running back, you have Derrick Henry, you have yep. Josh Jacobs, Damien Harris with the Patriots, they just, they have talent all over the field, which is why I think they stay in contention every year, because they see the, like, high school kids see the production that these guys have at the next level and they kind of just keep keep on recruiting right they know this is the way to go oh got a little guest marley coming in okay notre dame number two i watched uh the one notre dame game against clemson okay which i was really i was really excited to watch even though it wasn't trevor lawrence but notre dame nine and oh so the reason they weren't number one because they beat Clemson when they were number one. Right. So the it's just Bama is playing that well. Yep. Yep. Notre Dame's right there though. I I always kind of am skeptical about the Fighting Irish, but Ian Book is getting it done with his arm and with his legs. 
and uh, this is not Kelly's running gun team anymore. It's they run the clock, the full 30 second plays. They are there to grind things out, and yeah, that's kind of how they beat Clemson. Because that's how I remember the Notre Dame team. I remember is they did a like behind the scenes documentary with them, right. and it was Deshaun Kaiser was on that team, and. Uh, Will Fuller was their number one wide receiver, and they were running gun. And I'm pretty sure they lost a game, but were still in playoff contention. Right. That is just kind of how I remember Notre Dame. But when I watched Ian Book, I just thought, I remember watching him the last couple of years and thinking, oh, okay, he's he's an okay quarterback, but he's not going to make it to the next level. But when I watched him against Clemson, I thought, oh, this guy has he has arm talent, he has field awareness, he kind of has all the tools to at least. I don't think he's going to walk in and be a day one NFL starter, but right. if you get him on the right team and you get him behind a veteran quarterback that can teach him, he could be a successful. And obviously, you have to put the right team around him, but he can work as an NFL quarterback for sure. And I don't know the tight end's name offhand, but it, they call him Baby Gronkowski. He's eighty-seven. I'm not sure he is, but yeah, they have they they got lots of talent, and I would not count them out either uh, of winning the national championship. Well, especially if if the playoff happened today, I feel like this is what it feels like every year, but we would get a Notre Dame Clemson rematch Clemson yep. third right now at eight and one, yep. obviously their one loss coming to the team. That's number two. I'm right. glad they're not going to hold that loss against them because right. that's a, again, the second best team in the country. And you do have to account that Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing that game. They didn't lose too much though with the backup D- quarterback. Yeah. I, I did learn how to, it's, Eula Gale or something like that but he he was also a five-star quarterback coming in so right. you kind of you knew he had something you just you kind of saw that he still has time to develop and he's going to be the starter next year and Clemson is probably going to be a top five team again right so Lawrence you you watching him obviously I don't know him but does it seem like not that college is too easy, but that he's ready for the next level? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure he is. Yeah, uh, definitely. And to go along with that is Etienne. Oh, he, he is. is their offense. So that's why you're not losing much when Lawrence isn't there because he's still getting the ball twenty times a game, uh, um, running it, and then they're still passing him. Yeah, again, he's another guy they pass to him five to ten times a game out of the backfield. So you're not losing too much with uh, without Lawrence in the lineup. Believe it or not. So, so those those three teams are pretty. They're so are yep. are Notre Dame and Clemson gonna have to play again? Uh, that I'm, no, I don't. Well, because think Notre so. Dame just joined the ACC. Yeah, this yeah. Year. I'm not sure how that works, but uh, I, I guess don't it just, think they do. It, it would just depend if they're on the same side or not. Right. Yeah. Uh, number four is Ohio State at four and zero, which yep. is just again, it's this weird season where. You just kind of have to trust that if Ohio State was playing the whole year, they would go undefeated. Right. And and what have you seen from them so far? Well, what's going to beat them is going to be COVID-19. If they can't play their last two games against Michigan State and Michigan, which are both totally winnable games by three-plus touchdowns, then they will be there. If they can't play either one of those games, then unfortunately they will not be there. Just they will not have the right number of games in to be ranked high enough to get in, unfortunately. And, I mean, this is one of the years where I think everyone's going to argue that they should expand the playoff. Do you think they should from four? Exactly. I think they should, and it's almost a good example here. Like I said, I've kind of mentioned seven teams, and it's going to kind of boil down to um, teams playing each other because Alabama has to play Florida, who's number six Mm -hmm. in the um, SEC uh, title game. Mm -hmm. So that will determine the the one team out of there. So one's going to fall one will probably get in unless it's a close game and then they might keep both of them in there right but which is which is hard i i just when you have four good teams and notre dame and clemson we assume aren't playing again i just i don't know how if these teams just keep winning out you just kind of have to keep keep them where they are like i don't think ohio state who's the next is iowa state in the big 10 they are in the the oh, Big 12. 12. Okay. I was thinking, isn't I- Iowa then is in the Big 10? No, nope, they're in the Big 12 as well they, really? they with Iowa State. I'm pretty sure. I just remember them playing Michigan State in a title game. Oh, yeah? Okay, then they then they would be in the Big 10 then. That'd be weird. Okay, yeah. so Ohio State 4, the only reason they don't make it, and obviously they always have talent, especially at their skill fields, position. Yeah, fields can, again, run and pass, and they've got a good defense. And, yeah, they're, they're there. Like, what I've seen them 
They uh, they played Indiana, who surprisingly is a really good team uh, this year, who unfortunately just lost their starting quarterback, so they're done. But, uh, yeah, Ohio State, to me, looks uh, in contention with uh, the teams we've just talked about so far. Uh, so the number five, Texas A&M at 6-1, and one, what, so they're ahead of, why are they ahead of Florida? They beat Florida. Uh, okay. So basically what it comes down to is Texas A&M has to win their last two games. Uh, convincingly is what they're saying. And uh, if Florida wins their uh, last two games, then they would jump up ahead of Texas A&M. That is, that is the fascinating thing about college football is you is you have to destroy bad teams or yep. you have to have impressive wins because yep. in the NFL, it's just, oh, you're, you're winning. That's all that matters. We talk about Cleveland, then they're going to make the playoffs. If they were in a college football playoff, I don't think anybody would really be picking them. Right. So that's where you'll see the big difference with college and NFL, I'd say. And I've seen it a few times this year. Unfortunately, the Falcons tried to do it, but it didn't work. You try and you, you got a lead. You're sitting on it. Then you're going in for a score. And then you try and, and drop down at the one-foot yard line to kill the rest of the clock. So you win the game that way. Where in college football, you're going for the end zone. And you may even try an onside kick because you want to get more points. And that's just the way college football is compared to the NFL. Which I think is definitely the reason why I think a lot of people would say they like college football more. Right. Just the competitiveness and then every, uh, most people would go to, oh, they're kids and they're not playing for money. It's just for the the glory or the fame, whatever. But uh, so Texas A&M at five. So Florida's at six. And yep. I've watched a couple Florida games. Kyle Trask is such a good quarterback. I was totally surprised. I, I didn't think Florida's my team, I was going to say, you are a Florida guy. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, he looks unstoppable, especially with Pitts, who's going to be a top-round pick uh, next year in the NFL. This guy is a, a wide receiver slash tight end. and But when he's not there, which he hasn't been there the last two weeks, uh, he did play last week, but they have so many other weapons around them that uh, they're going to be tough to beat. So those, So would you say if you were to tier them, Florida would be the end of the first tier? Correct. Yep. It's all going to come down to that SEC championship game because they get their shot against Alabama. So it's really going to come down to that game. That Florida is going to get their shot at Alabama. Yep. Is, which side is because obviously Bama and Florida are on different sides. Which side yep. is Texas A&M on? Uh, the same side as Florida. Oh, because they played I, each other. That's just that's really in, that's interesting to me that Florida, even though they're ranked, that's that's also the weird thing. There's seven different rankings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, depending on which one you're looking at, right? I I chose the college football playoff one just because that's what that's what at the end of the year is going to matter for sure. Yeah, and then so after that, it's since he ate no. Everyone yeah. just kind of they're under they're the um, uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but the Florida team from a couple of years ago, not not the Gators, but the other uh, UCF. Right. They went undefeated, and yeah. they said, "Oh, we should we Get should be chance. the title." Right. If I I like that 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 Florida team, the Central Florida team, if they had to play Bama or Clemson or Ohio State of that year, right, they would have gotten close. killed. Right, exactly. So since the eight, no, which do you know? Are they ACC or AAC? Um, that's a good question. Uh, they're the American Conference. Okay, so they're not gonna play anyone. Like no, no one from this. Not really. Yeah, they look good. Like, I've watched three of their games this year. They look really good. But, again, they're not playing the top-tier teams. So, I kind of have them on the outside just because of that. And I th I, I, when I said the expanded playoff, I don't mean every year. But just this year, why why not try to generate some right. more money? It's, and It's a weird year anyway. So, why not give these things a try? Because guess what? They might stick some of the new ideas you have in mind. I know uh, there's been talk in the NCAA about going to a two-tier system, which would make a lot of sense. So, then you wouldn't have... Cincinnati playing nobody's they would have to play these Alabamas and if you want to be in that top tier if you want to try and get in that four the last four football playoff uh you know super uh bowl uh, games then that's who you have to play are the top teams so there is some talk about that I mean I think it would definitely make these schedule like if I I don't really think I need to see all of these teams undefeated if I have if I get to see Bama Notre Dame play at some point because I remember 
The only time I really ever saw one and two seeds playing was when Alabama and LSU were kind of at their powers at the same time. Right. And they would play not even an SEC title game. They would just play their normal the game. And, season. Yep. and then I remember that year, I think someone won on a last second field goal and then they ended up playing in the championship game against each other. Right. Which I think is even at, at least we have the playoff to determine the top four because mm-hmm. before it was just you have to be one or two. I, in I order think to you get kind in. of you kind of perk my uh, memory what i wanted to say is you could eliminate um the those conference championship games and turn that into your final eight playoff games yeah because that's usually the power five yeah so you know you get alabama on one side and florida on the other side let them both in right so they don't play each other in a sec they just win their sec east or west or north or south or whatever they call it and then you just have your uh you have your top eight so then that way um you're actually going to have the top eight teams and it's going to be obviously there's still going to be argument that if they did eight teams georgia would be the eighth team then iowa state miami and oklahoma would all all go well what about especially oklahoma we're six and two why why do we get out but georgia gets in they those arguments would happen oh, but- you're still going to have them but at least you're going to have those teams playing each other right georgia's two losses yeah alabama florida so it's, so they it's kind the of, of the deserve story. to be there that's right there you there's really you have an answer to to the argument for a lot of those teams so yeah if you're eight no or i guess in a regular season post covid it's going to be 11 and 0 yeah then you're legitimately 11 and 0 and then you're coming up against potentially another 11 and 0 team oh uh, yeah right? that's that's what's what it's going to come down to especially because if you look if there's if we did a playoff we did 18 playoff right now from where they are it'd be bama georgia so they play yep. again yep notre dame cincinnati right uh clemson florida right and then ohio state texas a&m right like those those are matchups that you don't I'm, i mean bama uh, bama georgia you get to see every year but right those are at least like a notre dame cincinnati matchup two undefeated teams and hey cincinnati you want to be one of these top teams right you got to be you got to beat the number two team in the country right and those sound like four good football games that i think people would watch for sure right yeah uh all right you got anything else for for college football um no not that i can think of no all right. Well, did you have fun? I did. All right. Yeah, I'd like to do this again. All right. Then we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have you back. Right. Uh, upcoming for the Joe Show, we got uh, NBA preview starting Tuesday, and uh, I guess now now we got our NFL college football guy. We're gonna have to have you back next week. Absolutely. All right. And besides that, we'll see you next time.